Hey, hey, Sedano and LZ with you here in remembrance of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. LZ Granderson, how are you? I'm pretty good, brother. How are you doing? You know, um, I've been pretty good, all things considered. Uh, I all feel like, considered. Uh, you know, it is a Monday. Monday is a strange day, but it is Dr. King's birthday, so I feel like that it, it is, is an not. important day. Uh, well, actually, it was Friday, uh, but it is go. the remembrance of Dr. King's birthday. Yes. Uh, yes. So there's that. They gave uh, it to us, but conditionally, you know. They did. They did. It was Friday. <laughs> it was Friday. But uh, Fine, we'll celebrate it, but not on the day. Right, right. Well, they want to do it on a Monday, um, you know, which... Look, honestly, most people don't like Mondays anyway. So the fact that you can actually sell, take the day to celebrate, like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there you have it. Uh, like, that sounds like an okie doke, but I hear you. You, you. you don't think so? <laughs> like, I, I, listen, If I wish every holiday was on a Monday. Really? Oh, yeah, man. Like, Mondays, who wants to go to work on Monday? Like, you wake up, you're like, oh, it's Monday. So now it's like, ooh, we get to celebrate Dr. King. All right, I feel better. Like, I woke up with a much better disposition today. All right. Okay, well, maybe, you know, our next show should just always start on Tuesday. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, Perhaps. look, if we want to do, would you do four days a week? Actually, I, I would do Monday if we could end on Thursdays, though, too. Like, I'd, I'd flip either See, one. Thursday off is, Thursday, Friday off is so much better to me than Monday off. Right, because you're saying because you could just kind of get your weekend on earlier as opposed to extending your weekend. Exactly. Right. Because okay. uh, because naturally on Sunday, even though Monday I have off, I'm still looking over my shoulder waiting for Monday to hit me in the face because I've been conditioned that way. Ah, I see. So you're just you're ready. You're ready to grind at that point. Um, yeah. Now, speaking of extending their weekend, uh, mm -hmm. the Rams will not be extending their season. Uh, they lost to uh, the Green Bay Packers. And, and, you know, you and I were talking about this before the show today, and I felt like you put it very succinctly when looking at this matchup. Their Aaron was healthy and ours wasn't. Correct. <laughs> I mean, and they and the Packers are also just a better team. And they're just a better team. Yeah. But I mean, but at the core, if a team's best player is not available and the other team's best player is, yeah. typically the team with the better player wins the game. And by the way, you the way that um networks and the league build these games, like trust me, if your quarterback is good, they'll put your quarterback and plaster him up on all the commercials. On yep. the commercials leading into this one, it was Donald and Aaron Rodgers that you exactly. saw. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, people who either, you know, aren't fans of golf or look at football through like a, you know, very simplistic, you know, viewpoint, you know, yards per game, how many touchdowns he threw, blah, blah, blah. They automatically characterize these games as quarterback versus quarterback. When the reality is, is that it's not like that at all. I mean, there's factors. Do, there's multiple we factors. We do that with yeah. for drama purposes, you know, to right. tell us because the quarterbacks are typically the most recognizable faces on either team. Mm -hmm. It really was about Aaron Rodgers versus Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald couldn't go. Right. Here's what I would say, though: if you have one of those really special ones, it well, makes yeah. your life a lot easier. A I lot feel. easier. And right. uh, and I think Sean McVay. We've seen kind of a change over this season, have we not? Where, man, yes. he would defend Jared tooth and nail, right? Like, he was always very much like, oh, it's on me, it's this, it's that. And then earlier this year, we saw him kind of turn on Aaron a little bit. That Dolphins game specifically was a real yep. big turning point, I feel like, in that relationship, where he's like, I'm done taking up for this dude, okay? Like, he is making elementary mistakes out here. Um, and, and look, he was asked in the kind of post-mortem, 
yesterday, not even the day of the game, like yesterday, and was asked about evaluating the quarterback position, and here's what he said. What I'm evaluating is everything that we do, Kevin. That, that includes the quarterback position, but that includes everything. And so that's where we're at. And, uh, and I think it's important for, like I was kind of saying, to be able to take a step back, catch our breath, uh, be able to look at everything that the season encompassed and figure out the best way to create the most competitive situations at all spots uh, and what we can do to continue to take steps in the right direction. And that's not exclusive to the quarterback, but, um, you know, it's, it's all encompassing to our entire roster. I mean, that's fine. He kind of said it's not exclusive. Well, he did say it's not exclusive to the quarterback. But right. I don't feel like that's a ringing endorsement by any stretch of the imagination. If I'm golf or golf's agent or, you know, golf's parents, and I right. heard that comment, yeah. and I'm thinking my boy has been starting there for, what, five seasons now? Mm-hmm. He's taking you to a Super Bowl, or he's been the quarterback of your Super Bowl, you know, appearing team. Mm-hmm. He's done. He's won more games than anyone since he's been in the league except for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And you're talking in equivocal language about his starting position. Mm-hmm. That is essentially the same thing as saying, you're my wife right now. We're going to reevaluate everything next year and, um, you know, take it from there. Now, that means I'm reevaluating everything, like the, the house, you know, the neighborhood we live in, the school my kids go to. So, you know, that includes my wife, but everything's on the table. That doesn't feel good. No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely doesn't feel great. That, that, that's for sure. Um, and then he was asked specifically about, forget about the quarterback position. So, you know, look, good media guys and, and gals covering uh, the Rams. Lindsey Theory is going to join us in about 20 minutes. Uh, we'll ask her about some of this stuff. They followed up, LZ, as they should, mm-hmm. specifically yes. mentioning golf. And here's what Sean McVay said. I think he did a nice job, Bill. I thought he improved on last week. Um, you know, I think you really saw a guy that stepped in and he did what he could. I, I thought uh, he made some plays. Thought he saw the field well, like I was mentioning. Um, but you know, we, uh, you know, he, he did a good job today. He's your quarter. Is he, is he your quarterback? Yeah, he's a quarterback right now. <laughs> he's a <your> quarterback right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the quarterback. It was like he was disappointed as he was saying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listen, man. When you see 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers doing pump fakes with the ball and running in the end zone for touchdowns, and your dude can't make it in with the goal line push, you 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 got a little envy. Yeah. And you look over the league, and you just see mobile quarterback after mobile quarterback after mobile quarterback. Josh Allen's in the you know AFC Championship game. Um, you know Taysom Hill got a fat contract to back up Drew Brees, and you know. When Breeze was out with his injury, they watched him run the Wildcat. And Sean McVay tried to deploy the same thing, which would have been a lot more effective if his quarterback could, play to, could make that play, if he could run that play, right? <laughs> like Then the defense is wondering, oh, is he going to throw it? But the poor announcer, is it, who was it? I can't remember. Was it um, – uh, Oh, Kevin Burkhardt and Moose Johnson. Yeah, so so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, they're trying so hard to sell this. Now, the defense isn't going for it, but the play-by-play and the announcers and the, and the analysts was trying to sell it by going, oh, he played in high school. It's like, man, if you don't shut the hell up with that mess, that's why he played quarterback in high school. Look right. out. Anything could happen. Man, stop trying to sell this. We ain't going for it. They're not going for it. No one believes he's throwing the football. He's not the quarterback. Yeah. Your quarterback can't run. 
Yeah, it, it's, a, one. It, it, it's a problem. It, it certainly it's a problem. Was, it was a problem. And, and here's the thing. And, and coming up next, we could kind of revisit some of these conversations that we've had um, in regards to kind of sustained success, right? Great defense versus great quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that we may have some more answers to that debate, right? Like we may need to reopen that debate. We'll do some of that on the other side. Uh, plus, there was two moments particularly in that game besides the Jared Goff stuff we've discussed that really just kind of sealed it, I thought, as far as their fate was concerned, the Rams. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Lindsay Theory at 440. we got some Lakers stuff coming up at 5 o'clock. Uh, I got a chance to speak to LeBron uh, on Friday, so uh, I'll give you some tidbits on that. All that coming up. In just a few moments, stick around. Sit down on LZ. We're back in four minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Jorge, when you have a second, I sent you um, something that uh, LeBron told me in the postgame on Friday. Uh, it's not on the show sheet. It's the stuff from Twitter that, uh, that Greg should have sent you. Have that If you can have that for me in a second here. Um, but uh, LZ, uh, yes, I wanted to just kind of uh, bring up just <laughs> – Ever so quickly. Are the Lakers so good that they're boring right now? I don't know if they're boring because I'm not watching them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It it feels like it's like this weird combination of they're so good that it's kind of like boring a little bit. Our last exciting game was Chicago when the AD sat down. Which was a good game. Yeah. Which was a good game. And yeah. AD sat down. And the game before, they didn't play any defense against the Spurs. He called right. them out. Right. Sat down against the Bulls. They eked it out. And ever since then, they've been playing like they're interested. And that's a real problem for the rest of the league. Yeah. It, it just is. You yeah. know? And it's like, I know that, you know, everyone's thinking like, oh, well, they, they're playing weak teams. And they're doing this. They're doing that. The hallmark of a championship team is the one that we're looking right now. The kind that takes care of business. Smacking fools. Inferior, exactly. Yeah. Inferior opponents. Right. That's the hallmark of a championship team. Yeah, smacking fools around. Now, um, it is MLK Day today, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, day, and uh, I got a chance to speak to LeBron, LZ, on Friday mm-hmm. in the post game. I was doing uh, the Laker game. I saw John Ireland at the urinal. I bowed to Michael Thompson because he wants to institute the bow. Uh, but I did also speak to LeBron, who I should have bowed to, although we were very, very far apart. I was way up in the 100 level. He was way down on the court. Um, and I asked him a specific question. So I asked him because I knew that they didn't play again until today. So I said, look, you don't play again until Monday against the Warriors, Martin Luther King Day, obviously a day of remembrance. And I asked him, considering everything that's transpired here over the last 10 days, year or so, like what could the NBA and even the country at large do to magnify Dr. King's message this year specifically? And here's what he said. What can the NBA do and even people around the country do to magnify Dr. King's message? Well, first of all, happy birthday um, to him. Um, I believe he'll be, he will be 92 uh, years of age today if he was still here. Um, but, you know, what he does, what he do for us uh, every single day, his, his name and his words and his legacy still live on. So he's shining his light on us every day. Um, you know, as NBA players and as our league, we continue to 
uh, you know, voice what he was talking about, you know, about uh, equality, um, you know, all races and all shapes and sizes, all colors coming together for the better of, of, of happiness and, and for the better of love, you know, and uh, continue to push forward. You know, we understand that we are um, going to see hate. Um, hate is, is, is going to be a part of, of, of America, going to be a part of this world. But if we can have, you know, more people that's in the love uh, factor and not in the hate, then, um, you know, we can, we can continue to be better. And it's all about passing it down, passing it forward to the next generation, the generation that comes after you, as he did, as he spoke. And uh, as someone that's a, you know, has a platform like myself, I will continue to, uh, you know, live by a lot of his messages that he had going on back when he was alive. Um, I thought he nailed it. You know what I mean? Like that, that is, should be the message today, especially considering everything that we've been through most recently and, you know, what we're potentially bracing ourselves for at the moment as well. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, LeBron is given, what, 18 interviews on MLK Day? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So he better be able to nail it at this point. Yeah. But to your, you know, to your larger, you know, you know, conversation, um, this is a unique one. Perhaps the most unique MLK day since the um, presidency of President Obama, the first black president that would have made that MLK day a pretty spectacular as, as well. So, you know, it's it's good to see him think in a thoughtful way. Um, it's good for him to think in terms of inclusiveness while not um, ignoring the fact that just because you've seen Kumbaya doesn't mean everybody's going to come to the campfire, that there's still obstacles out there to overcome, mm-hmm. that there's still issues out there to overcome. And the protests that embody the legacy of MLK is still very much a powerful weapon today. And we saw the NBA players in particular find various ways to continue his legacy through protest this year as well. Yeah, as did the NFL, and I want to kind of get back to the— Nah, I'm not giving him credit, dog. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just not. I'm I'm not even—I'm not letting them come into this game on third base and celebrating them like they get a home run. No, I don't think it's it. I don't think it's equally uh, the same, but I do think that there were plenty of guys in the NFL that did that. And, and I was really just trying to segue back to getting back to the conversation that we were having a second ago. But then just do a hard turn because I ain't giving the NFL no props. I mean, okay, okay, then we will do King's birthday. We'll oh, do hell a, no. They ain't getting no props. Then we'll do the hard turn. Um, <laughs> there we go. So you and I had the debate um, about sustained success in the NFL. And, I, you know, I was on the side of if you have a great quarterback, you will have prolonged stain, sustained success as opposed to the defense. And, and you didn't disagree, but you did feel you would lean towards the defensive side more. Has this weekend kind of made you um, reassess that even a little bit? Reassess in terms of? The, what, what is more important? <sighs> Man, I mean, defense is what kept them in the game, mm-hmm. right? Like, as as much as they got, you know, handed at the line of scrimmage and as much as the, the run game just got whatever they want whenever they wanted, we weren't able to generate enough points to have a shootout. So it was the defense that made it a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. It was the defense that kept us within arm length the entire time, even though it looked as if Aaron Rodgers could just do whatever he wanted, like he's playing a video game. If our defense wasn't a number one defense and the offense played the way that it did, efficiently but not dynamically, 
we probably lose by 30. Right? Like, sure. Um, but, but if you have one of the, if you have a great quarterback, um, I, I, because look, the Packers defense is good too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to do, I don't want to make it seem like it's just all Aaron. You know what I mean? Like, Aaron has, at it, they have finally gotten Aaron, um, maybe as much help as he's had in a while, right? Um, since he was yeah. young, uh, since probably since they won the Super Bowl in 2010. And, yeah. and, and I think that some of that is fascinating simply because of how begrudging uh, that relationship with him and Matt LaFleur, former Rams offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur, was initially. But I think the interesting part is when I look at it, it's um, just a quick aside, I think Aaron and him didn't get along because they're both the same guy. They're both very cocky, right? They believe in their own skill sets. And, you know, LaFleur, to his credit, went in there and said, we're doing it my way. And boy, if that would have blown up, if that if that would have failed, you are a punchline. You are never getting a coaching job ever again. Like you are done, okay? But it, it's worked to 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 the, a large extent, right? Like we'll see if it yep. works ultimately, but it's worked to a large extent. But anyway, my point, ultimate point is, is that when you have two teams that have a good defense, the Rams have the best defense. The Packers are a top ten defense in the league, so it's not like they're you know chopped liver on that end. But the difference to me, the difference, right? Like, if you've got one of those guys, like you got Aaron, right? You've got, um, you know, Mahomes. You've got those kind of guys. Man, even Josh Allen now with Buffalo, right? Like, you've got yep. those kind of guys. They can make the difference because these games, LZ, get decided by a couple of plays, which is funny because remember I teased that the Rams had two moments, back-to-back moments, where that, that the outcome could have changed. And it was Troy Hill and John Johnson dropping interceptions in the end zone. And Aaron Rodgers, you know this as well as anyone, man, he only gives up like six or seven of those a year. You know what I mean? Yep. So if you get a chance to get one of those in the playoffs, man, you have to come up with it. But the, the to his credit, he, he made those two bad passes, but they were still able to score because the good ones are still able to make that happen. And, and that's, I think, is what is perplexing you know, Coach McVay, when you hear his voice. Now, I haven't spoken to him since the game. I haven't spoken to anyone in your organization against, you know, since the game uh, on as, in a personal level at all. But just based upon knowing him over the years and listening to him over the years, and you pointed it out very accurately, how he's commenting after the games has changed significantly just since last year. Yeah that he sees his coaching tree being successful, right? Yeah. And he is being held back because LaFleur, who just started, got one of those dudes, and he's still trying to make it happen with one of these guys. Right. Sean, after the game, was like on his Zoom call. I watched it. He could not stop praising Aaron. He was just – he's like the dude that's looking at his buddy with – and he's like, man, his girlfriend is prettier than mine. You know what I mean? Like, he was just – that's how he felt, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 again, there's nothing wrong with golf. Right. I believe, and I've said in the past and I'll say it again, if golf is the quarterback for the rest of his career for the Rams right here, we will win a Super Bowl with him. No, I don't believe it anymore. I believe it. Yeah, I, believe I don't think it. you can keep this defense long enough for that to happen. Well, you don't need to keep the defense long enough for it to happen. I mean, 
Ben Roethlisberger is one with two different defenses. You, uh, yeah, but Aaron he's not. Rogers he's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not as good. No, as ben my, my, my point is, is that the defenses are always movable pieces anyway. It's about the coordinator implementing and maximizing the talent that's coming in and out from season to season to season. Yeah. Defenses are always constantly changing. Very few defenses have a Ray Lewis that is holding the, holding down the fort for like a decade or something like that. More often than not, they're interchangeable parts. Because the finances of the NFL tends to value offense more than defense anyway. And when you do that, you tend to hold on to your offensive players more than your defensive players. So I think as long as you've got a good coordinator, you can rotate with good schemes, players to make it work for you. But when you're Sean McVay and you've got a playbook that's 5,000 pages long, but you're trying to win a Super Bowl with 230 pages, you're like, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's what you're seeing with him now. Yeah, he he's got a little buyer's remorse, I think. Um, I was well, no, never, I've never because he a, wasn't there. Yeah, I've never been a huge, <laughs> huge fan. Uh, no, I'm talking about with the contract. Uh, oh, I think contract? Th- that oh, that's yeah. a bigger issue. All right, yeah, Lindsay Theory's yeah. going to stop by. We'll ask her about all this stuff. She's got the inside stuff. All right, a lot of Rams fallout. Sedano and LZ with you here. The great Lindsay Theory joins us now. ESPN Rams reporter. Uh, So, Lindsay, we have been dissecting, as I'm sure everyone has, uh, every which way and parsing words from Sean McVay where he's talking about, uh, you know, every position is going to be evaluated. And, yes, in theory, we love this egalitarian style that that's the case and football kind of lends to that. But we all know that the quarterback position, particularly when you pay one a hefty contract, that's usually not the words that you hear from coaches. How did you interpret that from Sean? Yeah, that's definitely not uh, the typical phrase here from Sean McVay. I mean, he, he does emphasize competition in every position, but that doesn't usually include a quarterback to the degree that it sounded like it would um, when we spoke with him yesterday. You know, I, I think there's an issue there. I think there's an issue between Jared Goff and Sean McVay, and it doesn't just come down to the sum. It comes down to Jared's inconsistent play throughout the season and Sean trying to find a way to really get the most out of him. Lindsay, let's move away from golf just for a hot second because the Packers as a team were just better. You know, it wasn't just about the play of golf. They were just better on both sides of the ball in basically every aspect. Devontae Adams was the best wide receiver out there, the running back. Like, everything was better. Do you have a sense as to how less need viewed that game and whether or not we can expect wholesale changes? You know, we really don't, unless he's probably going to speak with reporters. He didn't really speak with reporters throughout the season. Um, so we'll get a better sense of, of what they think of this roster, evaluating it top to bottom, uh, probably in the next coming week or so as they break down what happened through the season and start to prepare for the draft. Um, but, you know, when you look at the offense pound for pound, uh, you know, the, the Packers offensive line is really strong. Obviously, they have a star wideout in uh, Devontae Adams. Um, you know, the defense, I think, pound for pound, they probably put up against anybody. Obviously, Aaron Donald wasn't at full strength, but, um, you know, there's definite places on this roster where they're going to want to improve. Um, what are the other areas, uh, Lindsay, that you think need immediate improvement? Uh, well, I, I would probably say, uh, you know, Cam Akers came on really strong at the running back position late in the season, so I think they're good there. Uh, I think the offensive line uh, just needs to kind of find their, their long-term solution. Um from, from left to right, right? Uh, Andrew Whitworth came back. He did a nice job 
Um, they've got to determine. They have a decision to make there. Is he going to continue playing into the 16th season? Is he not? Um, you know, I think when you look on the defense, they're going to need to go find probably some pass rushers. Uh, Leonard Floyd's a restrict or an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, they, they might need to find some some reinforcements at inside linebacker. So, so there's a lot of places on this roster. Um, there's no glaring weakness, but there's a lot of places where they can probably start to either look to the future or start upgrading. Speak to speaking of the future, uh, we don't have a DC. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, insight into that? Yeah, you're going to need the defensive coordinator Brandon Staley uh, accepted an offer to become the Chargers' new head coach. That's a huge loss. Um, he was here for one season, obviously helped produce the uh, top-ranked defense, it included Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but. Uh, Brandon Steely found a way to really play to so many player strengths, including some undrafted free agents who are in the starting lineup. Um, so, so the Chargers are getting a really great leader out of him. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, he, he doesn't just hand out compliments for nothing. Uh, he wanted Brandon Steely to stay as long as Jalen was going to be here in L.A. He knew that was a long shot. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Rams are going to need to find a new defensive coordinator. So whether they promote from within or go look elsewhere, that kind of remains to be seen. That Brandon Staley thing happened very quickly, did it not? Were you surprised how quickly that went down? You know, I was surprised how quiet the Chargers were able to kind of keep that. Uh, you know, there's tons of, tons of these names that really buzz up and kind of the hot names. And, and Brandon Staley was obviously getting interviews. You know, he interviewed the Jets. He was going to interview the Texans. He was going to interview in Philadelphia and with the Chargers. And uh, I think the Chargers got that deal done very, very quickly um, and a little bit under the radar. How about you? How, how would you characterize this season? Uh, you know, I think the Rams, uh, oh, from what my expectations were going into the season, I had them like at an 8-8 eight and eight team. Uh, we didn't know to expect out of Brandon Staley in his first year as an NFL DC. Uh, you know, you look at the defense, of course they had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but there were a lot of questions around them. Uh, the Rams moved on from Todd Gurley. So, uh, to me, the fact that they made the playoffs, and won a playoff game, I think was huge. Um, you know, I know that that's not the expectation that they have. Their expectation is to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, but for, for me, they exceeded what I expected. Yeah, I'm with you. LZ, right, you and I were talking about this off the air. Um, you know, that most places in Vegas had them between like seven and nine wins at best. Um, so a fringe playoff team at best. The fact that they went to the second round, I think, is huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's huge. Um, and you have to keep in mind, too, everything that they were going against this season. I mean, this is the most peculiar season because of the coronavirus and playing uh, at home with no fans. And they went on the road to some stadiums that had fans. Uh, just the uncertainty day-to-day uh, about what the COVID testing. I mean, I know every team had to go through it. But um, to go through what they went through this season and still come out with a playoff win. I mean, and don't forget, Jared Goff went into that playoff game against the Seahawks with uh, – surgically repaired some and was able to do enough to, to help them win. Um, obviously, the defense is outstanding. So I think all in all, when they when they look back at it and get far enough away, they'll realize that this season you know, really um, was a success by many measures, although there were some kind of glaring weaknesses that they're going to have to figure out going forward, especially when it comes to the inconsistencies on the offense. And Lindsay, I have one more NFL question for you, and it's about the Super Bowl. Do you think the weekend is going to do earned it? Because it's kind of a racy song for kids, <laughs> but it is more, one of his more popular songs. Yes. Do I think of what? 
The weekend. He's performing at halftime. Right, he's Am the I halftime breaking man. news to you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't. I hadn't heard anything about who was performing at halftime. She's too busy covering a team during COVID, man. You think she got she's time too, worried about the halftime act? No, no, what she's telling us is she's too busy working on the Rams to worry about the Super Bowl because the Rams ain't going to be there. I hear what you said, girl. I picked up that shade. I got you. Okay, I got you. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. There's the weekend playing in the background. Uh, last one for you, and thank you so much for taking the time as always. Um, you know, I saw there. there's a report out there by the NFL Network, Steve Weish, uh, about – the relationship specifically between Goff and McVay and has kind of been souring over time. Look, I, you know, LZ and I pointed to that Miami game specifically where it was, it was very clear, right, that Sean was uh, putting that at the heels or, excuse me, at the feet of, of, of Goff. And I had never really heard him do that to Jared. Um, how do you view their relationship and, and do you believe it is beyond repair or is that something that you think could still be repaired there? Yeah, you know, I think the what you're referencing there, George, like that Miami game was a definite turning point. Um, and then the the true turning point to me really was still that second uh, loss of the season to the San Francisco 49ers um, when Jared turned the ball over three times and Sean called him out after the game. Um, you know, I, I don't think anything is irreparable, but I think that those two in particular need to figure it out. Sean McVay needs to figure out what are Jared Goff's strengths? How can I call plays and work to his strengths, um, you know, and, and let whatever his weaknesses are go or, or try to try to minimize those effects on our offense? And if you're Jared Goff, um, you've got to just continue to put your head down. You've got to continue to work and try and improve and, and grow in your weaknesses and, and improve when it comes to taking care of the football, improve your pocket presence and, and, and feeling that the rush um, you know, when he goes to, to take a sack instead of getting rid of the ball. Um, you know, so, so there's a lot to work on for Jared Goff and for Sean McVay. I think this is going to be a really telling offseason, whether or not they can mend that mend their differences or whether it's going to be best for them to try and, and get some sort of fresh start. There she is. Lindsay Theory does a phenomenal job covering your Los Angeles Rams. Lindsay, you're the best. Thanks for taking time. Stay healthy and stay safe. Thanks, guys. Go listen to the weekend. Go listen to the weekend. Yeah, do that, too. Yeah. Let me turn that on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lindsay Theory with us here. All right, LZ, you and I in three minutes are going to get what you need to know in there. Of course, uh, little Lakers conversation as well. I do feel like um, LeBron and I, and I know we talked about MLK Day and and he we had that audio earlier, but LeBron had a specific message about the Lakers' dominance. We'll tell you what that is in about three or four minutes. Stick around. Sit down on LZ, 710. Yes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Every day at this time, we do what you need to know. Greg, what do we need to know? All right, so you guys were talking a lot about how the Rams need a big wide receiver. Maybe that was during purgatory. I don't know yeah. if it was one or the other, but uh, it all kind of blends together. But right. there, Ian Rappaport, Ian Rappaport was on with Pat McAfee this morning, and he said that 
he started talking about Michael Thomas, and he doesn't think that they're going to trade him, but it could be something where, similar to Deshaun Watson, I would imagine teams will go, okay, maybe they weren't all that happy. Let, let me make a call and see what's going on, because Michael Thomas obviously did not have a catch in that loss to the Bucks. What would you do for Michael Thomas, and is that the right fit for the right, Rams? Right. I'm going to give you grief, first of all. Number one, you reference, a, uh, you reference something that may or may not actually be something that's going to happen, but just because an insider said Sports it, radio, man. I get it, but geez, you could have just said Ian Rappaport said it. Uh, and you reference the show that nobody here in Los Angeles can actually hear on a radio station unless they have Sirius XM. So there's that. Not and I listen to other stations. And, and I like that show, but it's... It's like, come on, you know, you don't have to go that deep. Anyhow, um, look, if Michael Thomas is available, he's arguably the greatest receiver in the game right now. So, yes, I would do whatever it takes uh, to get that guy. But I think that the Rams' bigger need is that quarterback, as we've discussed for the last, oh, I don't know, uh, hour? (laughs) I I don't think that the – as much as I think he's a great receiver – um, and he is. He's arguably the best, as I mentioned. The Rams need a quarterback, dude. Um, you know, Isaac Bruce is out there telling people, and you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles, that he was texting Les Need to take Lamar Jackson two years ago or almost three years ago now, and that he's taken, he's told him to take a quarterback multiple times. Uh, he says he's that, that they should start uh, Wolford. Uh, you know, so it's like people don't believe in golf, and it's not just – I know Kirk Morrison got into a – back and forth with you about Jared Goff. And while I agree with some of his positioning, um, I don't think that game was on Goff. I think you, it felt like you were blaming Goff. Um, no. I, I, I think it, it came across that way. Um, sure. So, but I, but I do think that Goff needs to be upgraded. Like, I don't think he's – they're not winning anything with him. The only way they're winning with him is if everything else around him is perfect. That's it. All right, what else do we have before we get to the Lakers? Uh, the other thing is that in the Sahara Desert, something that hasn't happened in 50 years, there was snow, snow all over the Sahara Desert. And what got me thinking is, have you seen any type of phenomenon in the world? Like, have you ever seen oh, the Northern well, Lights it, or anything uh, it, like that? It, it snowed in Pasadena when I lived there a couple years ago. <laughs> um, that doesn't happen that very often. I don't have to. I don't have to go to that much of a phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? Like literally locally here in Pasadena, right up the 110. Okay, I. Uh, it was it was snowing one day, and I wasn't the only one. I, I looked on my Twitter, and there were other people who I know who in the who lived in the media who work in the media who uh, lived in Pasadena at that time as well, who were all tweeting about it. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was it. Like, have I seen the North Star? I don't know. North, I mean, no, like, North, no, Northern Lights. Oh, the Northern Lights, like no. And I didn't see that thing. What was that ocean thing that happened this summer? Oh, the blue the blue lights that were in the ocean. That was really cool. I did Yeah, I didn't see that live. I mean, it's all the videos and stuff, but, you know, like that, that's it. I can, occasionally could see the Big Dipper, depending on where I'm at here in, uh, in, in Southern <laughs> right. California. What about in the 80s? Did you see, the, uh, did you see Haley's Comet? I, I, I'm pretty sure my parents made me see it, and I might have seen it. Right. I just was so little that I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember it either. But I remember going outside possibly and seeing it. That's about yeah. it. Well, yeah. that's it for uh, what you need to know. All right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Uh, speaking of uh, good times, the Lakers have given us a lot of good times. And it is weird. I know that people don't want to hear this, but they are so damn good that they're kind of a little boring. But LeBron, uh, I had their game on Friday, as I mentioned earlier, and LeBron and I spoke about a number of different subjects, including uh, their dominance at the moment. And here's what he had to say about that. 
Just taking uh, individual accountability, um, you know, guarding your man first and then relying on help second. And then uh, once, uh, you know, guys broken down because we're in the NBA, great uh, NBA players every night. Um, you know, we have the ability to be able to help one another and, and fly around. So, um, you know, stand in front of your guys, like I said, helping one another, then cleaning the glass defensively. And, of course, this segment is presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person at a time. So, Greg, LZ has uh, stepped out for a minute and – you know, you and I only have 30 more minutes here on the show, or just less than that, actually, as we're getting ready for Lakers-Warriors tonight on MLK Day, as we remember uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, it, it is interesting that when you look at this team, I think Rob Palinka deserves a lot of credit for this reason, okay? A lot. And, and, and I will say this. I've spoken to a number of general managers around the league, and they told me that the trade for Dennis Schroeder was so good because if you think about like how now Dennis Schroeder um, is certainly not you know James Harden right or anyone like that but Dennis Schroeder is a good basketball player okay he is six man of the year candidate that type of guy like starter on a good team like we've seen those things before and I, I'd have to go back to look at the exact haul but like is he I, I mean Drew Holiday is a better player yes but is he that much of a better player where the Milwaukee Bucks gave up three picks for him? Like, I don't know about that, especially when you look back at what Palinka gave up for Schroeder, which wasn't a ton. And um, and I know it was a multiple team trade or whatnot. But, you know, that trade specifically has garnered a lot of attention from other general managers around the league as a really shrewd and smart move. Uh, no pun intended, shrewd with Schroeder. Yeah, nice but, done. But it, it really is – that move to me has been fantastic. He has kind of this – I know LeBron likes to call him Dennis the Menace. He has this kind of persona that fits right with what they want to do. Harold also has a similar persona. So you have this group of guys who won a championship, right? Clearly at the top of this food chain are LeBron and AD. And then you have guys who were role players on the team like Kuzma and KCP, Caruso, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you bring in a Marcus Sewell, who's also won a championship. He's also late in his career, but is a perfect professional, right? And you want those guys in your locker room. And he really helps the offense in a lot of ways, in ways that you couldn't uh, help them last year from that particular position. And then you bring in these hungry guys who have this kind of dog mentality. And I mean dog in like a good way, like a vicious attacking way in Harold and Schroeder. And just the chemistry on this team has been fantastic. So much so that, to me, the perfect like moment to highlight that was when LeBron hit that no-look three and he had the bet with Schroeder or whatever. Like, just the reaction to all that. This team, in a very short amount of time, has gelled offensively, defensively, and inside the locker room from a personality standpoint and it's happened very quickly. And I think all those things need to be commended, whether it's Palinka putting it together with LeBron and AD or whoever, and Rich Paul, whoever's been involved in this. And LeBron and AD kind of policing the locker room a little bit with kind of some of the other guys. The whole thing, like that part of it, as much as I was joking that they are kind of boring um, because they're winning so easily, like that part of it, we shouldn't take for granted because – 
that stuff doesn't normally happen that easily, especially as most teams take the first 20 games of the season to tinker and figure it out and figure it out. They're doing some of that still too, but also doing it in a way where they're dominating when they hit the gas and, and decide to choke teams out. Yeah, I mean, and think about it. Last year, this team is, you were talking about how they're boring. Last year, you didn't know what LeBron and AD were going to look like together. And so you kind of watched every game and saw how they, they you saw how well they got together, they worked together, and they and it was just fun to watch them to see how they were all going to fit. And it was a little bit like, okay, who's going to step up as to be that third guy? There was a lot of questions. This year, it just doesn't seem like there's doesn't any matter. questions, really. Doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't none matter, of it, yeah. none of it matters. So it's, right. so it is kind of boring. I find myself watching the games and being, and just kind of fading off into somewhere else or looking at my phone or doing something because I know even if they're down, they're going to come back and they're going to dominate. They're well, that look, good. Friday and was a, has been fantastic. Friday was a great example. They were getting their butt kicked in the first quarter against the Pelicans. They were down 15 points. Brandon Ingram was balling. Nikhil Alexander Walker, the young man there, was balling. And, and they were down 15, and by halftime, it was a one-point lead for the Pelicans. And at that point, I was like, oh, boy, they, AD's not playing all that great. LeBron still hadn't gotten going just yet. And I was like, the Pelicans are toast in the second half. Like, immediately, you could just feel it. And, and I think that that's a great feeling to have when you know your team can just hit the accelerator and then speed past everyone in the race. But um, it, it, it is not the norm this early in the season for a team that has a lot of new parts like that. I can tell you, man, like, yes, talent wins. I, I am a big believer in that, but you normally don't see a click this quickly. And, and that is a testament to everybody in the organization. Yeah. And like, think about the guys that they brought in where you're, Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, who brought in, we're both one and two in six man of the year award voting, thinking that, okay, these two are going to come in. They're going to want to get theirs. And neither of them are doing that. Dennis Schroeder is playing great defense, and he's not really looking for his shot. He takes it when he can find it, and he gets to the basket when he kind of wants to. Montrez is just being Montrez. He's hitting double-doubles on a nightly basis. They're all just playing for each other, and they're all playing to just what's best for the team. They're, everybody's playing a role, and it's working out perfectly. It's very, it's very fun to watch. I am curious to see what the Warriors look like against them because the Warriors, since Draymond came back, have been a much better team, particularly on defense. And, and look, obviously, offensively, he helps them too. But I, but I think that it's more noticeable on defense is the way I would describe it. Um, because he brings a different energy. He brings just kind of a different demeanor, a sense of professionalism, uh, a sense of um, organization, right? Because he he also does help organize them on offense, which is not the norm from a guy who is basically a power forward, right? Like, you don't get that very often. I am curious to see how this Warriors team stacks up with this Lakers team because I think that the Warriors are probably somewhere between the 7 and 10 seed like they're in that play in conversation and and look every night is going to be different right like i the lakers have been fantastic they've dominated pretty much every game since that spurs loss outside of that bulls game and and i just think that there're going to be nights where they don't have it right like that's part of playing a long season but it would be great for the league if the warriors can kind of make these games interesting against the better teams because if the Warriors are in the playoffs, I just think it's good for everybody. I think it's good for the league. Uh, I think it's good for the Lakers-Warriors kind of uh, rivalry. They've never really been good at the same time. Um, so I, I think it would be nice to to kind of get a feel like, oh, okay, well, 
you know, if the Warriors are at least competitive against the Lakers next year when Clay comes back, then that will be really fun. Um, so I, I, from an individual kind of micro uh, level, I am curious to see how the Warriors play tonight. Yeah, you don't think there's any type of, you know, just little rivalry between Steph and LeBron anyway? Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is some of that. Like, look, dude, I can tell you for a fact, and I'm sure if McMiniman was on here, he could tell you too because he was in Cleveland during those times. Like, I remember talking when I was hosting the uh, ESPN NBA uh, podcast uh, when we just had one. Um, It was me and Amin and Israel Gutierrez. And we were talking about that stuff. Like, a lot of people may be jumping the gun saying that Steph is the best player on the planet right now. Like, LeBron is still around, <laughs> you know? And, 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 and LeBron used the 2016 finals, I feel like, as kind of the moment to remind people. And he's done that numerous times over his career. We saw that last year, right? And I think we're seeing it, even though he's playing the least amount of, a minute, least amount of minutes we've seen in his career this season, we've seen that here where – in fourth quarters of games, right? We saw them against Memphis twice where he just, in the fourth quarter, LeBron turned it on and it was over. We saw it on Friday. In the third quarter, uh, LeBron turned it on and they zoomed past the Pelicans. And, you know, I I was very much a Luka Doncic MVP guy to start the season in the preseason, but I've already got LeBron kind of in that mix already again, uh, as you should every year, but certainly based on his play, whereas Luka's team is kind of sputtering out of the gate. Man, I mean, if you think that if Giannis getting the MVP last year kind of irked him a little bit, he's going to want to get it this year. He's going to be like, look, man, I'm 36 years old. And I'm getting an MVP this year. That so. video he reposted from whoever it was when uh, – that vi- did you see the video on Twitter where the guy is acting like LeBron finding out that James Harden was traded um, to the Brooklyn oh, No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it was on his Twitter feed. He retweeted it from, from someone, and the guy's just yelling – I'm 36. What do you guys want from me? I can't keep doing this. He's like, and he acts like he calls Kyrie. Kyrie, Kyrie, what are you doing? James Hart, are you serious? Kyrie, say something. Say something. No, you know what? The hell with you. And then he's like looking at all his teammates. We're practicing for three more hours. Uh, it was really, really funny. Whoever that guy was who did that video was great. Um, it's worth checking <laughs> I gotta out. Gotta go it's, check it out. Yeah, it's on LeBron's Twitter feed too. Like he retweet, quote tweeted it or whatever. Uh, all right, coming up next, we got one more segment to go. Uh, I want to get into the Clippers a little bit because they've won four in a row. And I think I know you're going to be a skeptic here, Greg. I think there's something different, and I'll tell you what it is on the other side. And a quick look for Monday afternoon quarterback on what transpired this weekend and what we should expect for the championship games. All that in four minutes. So Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. We got one more segment before playoffs. Lee, when Michael come on for the Lakers pregame, Lakers-Warriors tonight right here on 710 ESPN on MLK Day. And, of course, uh, we're trying. We're always uh, trying to remember the message from Dr. King. Uh, we had LeBron uh, earlier. If you missed that, I had a conversation with him about Martin Luther King um, and really magnifying uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. King's message. And – 
he nailed it, man. Like, you know, uh, I know LZ jokingly said earlier, he's been through 18 of these, but this one is a little different, uh, I would say, considering everything that's transpired uh, in the world over the last year or so, and even, uh, you know, maybe even in the last two weeks, basically. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm watching some NBAs, plenty of NBA today, and I'm watching, Greg, the Brooklyn Nets, and every time I watch the Brooklyn Nets play at home, I get, like, I have to, like, adjust my TV or feel like I need to adjust my TV resolution because their court is gray and their uniforms are are black and white and the Bucks tonight are wearing their white uniforms. So it just, it's really weird. Like I don't love the court. I I, I mean, I, I don't mind. I like it. I don't mind the outline. No, the gray court stinks. Like stop. It's, I like it. No, No, I like it. Awful. Awful. awful, Oh, it looks like an old school. I love it. It's like a, it's like a, it looks like an old school. What? It looks like it's old school. Like it's um, no, you know, like a, no, okay, no. I, no. There's I like no it. such old school gym that has a gray floor. Okay, in Pleasantville like, they had one. Like like maybe <laughs> maybe the maybe the court is so dirty that it kind of looks a little gray in some spots. But the it looks court like playing is, outside. I like that. Okay, then that's different, I guess. But whatever, not not for me. Like I I just I don't love it. Um, and by the way, you know. I know I want to talk about them because I do think that they deserve uh, an opportunity to discuss them. Although Laura already texted me that we shouldn't be talking about the Clippers. Um, but I will. But before I say the good things, I really don't like their court. When they do the uh, the city court and the city jersey, I, I – yeah. Yeah, I'm not feeling that one either. So I mean, you're not going to get anything good out of me from any of them. No, that, I, know, so. I know. But it's funny. You like you like the Nets one. I think the Nets one I is do. even worse. I just, it's like asphalt. I don't know. It just feels like I'm outside playing ball. I, I just it has a good vibe to it for me. Yeah, it feels but, worse. But you like the court in Miami when it was like pink and purple and orange and all those other random colors. But yeah, that's because those are the colors that go with the city. Like I don't know. Like, but the I, court looked ridiculous. Um. I don't know, man. People like the court. I mean, there's a reason that, that jersey is the most – it outsells all the city edition jerseys by – The jersey is great. I love the jersey. It did not look good on the court. Um, so, nonetheless, that wasn't what I was trying to talk about. So, let's stay on task here because we only have a few minutes. Um, the Clippers have won four in a row. Now, I've talked to a number of guys. I talked to Paul George on Wednesday, uh, about five days ago now. And I asked him. I had him in post game against the Pelicans. And I asked him about kind of the chemistry. And he's like, man, it's night and day, this particular team versus last year's team. And I think that, you know, he talked about just kind of a different comfort level with Kawhi and just kind of guys kind of all being on the same page. Remember last year, they only had their starters for 12 games last year. And, you know, shout out to our friend Marcellus Wiley, hashtag Clip City Chip City. Uh, Although I don't believe that they're winning a championship. I'm sure he still does. But... They are a different team, I think, this year than they were last year. But now here are some things that stick out to me. Um, They haven't figured out how to implement Serge Ibaka. Uh, Nicholas Batum has been a really pleasant surprise for them. I think PG and Kawhi have been good. Lou Will has not been good for them this year. Pat Beverly, on the other hand, has been fantastic for them uh, so far this year, I think. But it, it there is – and now Marcus Morris Sr. is back in the fold, and he played really well yesterday. And I, I know what you're going to say uh, in the playoffs, and we won't be able to determine that until then. Um, but Ty Lu, and I'm not trying to disparage Doc, but they are different personalities. Doc 
while a very good coach and one of the you know great coaches we've had in this league before, he just takes a different approach, right? Doc likes to be a little more jovial at times, kind of mix in some sarcasm. Ty Lue, that's not his deal. He is all business pretty much all the time. And I think it shows very early on in the season that this team just feels a little different from their mental state to their preparation, to the way that they have dealt with whatever little adversity you get during the regular season, which, let's face it, is not the same. It's not the same pressure that you would have in the postseason. But they have blown big leads in the regular season and still then come back and won in these last four games. So like, even last night, they had like an 18-point lead or something like that. It got down to two, and then they ended up blowing them out by 30 against Indiana. So I just feel like there is a little difference, Greg, this year to this team based on just knowing the people involved um, and what they went through plus the new additions and what those guys bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, sure. They're playing. They're playing good ball. They're going to be there all the way to the end. They're going to be. They're going to make it into the Western Conference, maybe the finals, semifinals. They have to get past the semifinals first. Yeah, the first time in their history. But I mean, to the for for me, the Clippers are just like any other team. They're like the Jazz or the Suns or the Spurs or any other team, just because that's who they are now. And like, yes, they are maybe a little bit better than the last year. They have a better coach. Until I see something that makes me a little bit worried. I still think they're possibly third, fourth, fifth best in the NBA this year. Oh, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, it's, I think it's like Lakers and then it's either Clippers or Nets. And I don't know that it's definitely Nets over Clippers just yet. Oh, I mean, Nets, Bucks. I mean, I think the Celtics mm. will be there at the end. Mm. And so it's mm. 76ers are playing good ball. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the East, the top of the East is good and it will be good at the end. Uh, as well, I, I just yeah, I, I I don't know. I think you are underselling them as usual. Um, well, because, I, <laughs> because what what am I supposed to say about them at this point? Like, yes, they're playing good ball early. I just on. think they're going to be different this year. Like, I I do, I do think they're going to be a little different. And, All right. The last ten years, we got one minute. Hit the Monday afternoon quarterback open. I want to do a little quick football here. So, Greg, we've got our championship game set. The Rams lost. Packers move on. Uh, the Chiefs move on. They hold on, even with Chad Henney uh, over the Browns. And then, obviously, you saw the Buffalo Bills beat the Ravens and Tom Brady going to another championship game. Who do you like and why in the Super Bowl? Like, who comes out of this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers and the Bills in this game. What? Gonna the go- Bills? Yeah. yeah, I'm going with the Bills because I don't know what's going on with Patrick Mahomes. I know he's got a hurt toe. He's got a. He's coming out of uh, concussion protocol. That was, was scary when he got. That was really scary when he got knocked out of that game. I don't know if you can even if you do play him there. Is he gonna be the same guy? I don't know, but I like the Packers and I like the Bills because of that. I think this is the year of Aaron Rodgers, so I like the Packers and I still think the Chiefs get there because I think Mahomes is gonna play. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, that's who's gonna be, and I actually think that's what the NFL would die for. They would want that. Uh, yeah. All right, so we will we'll get further into that over the rest of the week. We got a short show because Lakers pregame is next. Uh, Make sure you remember the message of Dr. King today. Uh, You should do it every day, but especially on the day that we celebrate uh, Dr. King and his life. Uh, Coming up next, Lakers, Warriors pregame with Sliwa and Michael, and then John and Michael will have your call. All coming up here in your home of the Lakers, 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.